0: Welcome to The Practice Podcast, a show created by lawyers to help lawyers in life and business without all the complicated lawyer language. Let's welcome Bast Amron founders and your hosts,
1: Jeff Bast and Brett Amron. Hi, this is Brett Amron. Welcome to The Practice Podcast.
0: And I am Jeff Bast. Hello, Brett Amron. Hello, Jeffrey. So today we want to talk about a problem that we have always seen, but we continue to see it. And I thought we thought it was worth discussing. And that is in the way that many business owners, particularly small business, small and closely held businesses, run their business. And this is an issue that we think would be relevant to not only business owners and entrepreneurs, but the corporate lawyers and transactional lawyers who represent and guide them. And the problem that we see is that many owners go to the trouble of forming corporations and different entities, and then they don't follow through on the formalities of having those corporations. They, for example, don't take a salary. They only take money out when there's profits. They pay personal expenses from the business. And so... And that's a problem. It's particularly a problem when we see these companies, either when they're embroiled in litigation or they're facing insolvency. But it's a problem that could be easily avoidable. And I know maybe we can have a debate about whether it's really a problem or not.
1: Well, it is an issue, right? And it is an issue when we see it. But let's go back to the formation of the privately-held, family-run, or not family-run company, the sunny day, right? Everyone's happy going into business, whatever. We create this company, like you said. Why are you creating the company? Well, you know, we need a corporation to have it to insulate us from liability and to, to have these formalities, right? To separate the individual from the company. And I think that's fair, and everyone goes in thinking that. And as you continue along, you know, oh, I have this expense, let me just pay it out of the company, and you know, we'll deal with it with the taxes. You mean personal expenses. A personal so expense. Doing, doing work on their house or whatever and they or cut tuition, a check. as we've heard recently in the news, right? Paying tuition out of the company coffers, things like that, which is it improper? Well, it's not it, illegal. It's not illegal and it's not necessarily improper if the company is profitable and paying all its creditors and talk to your accountants, people, like it's recorded and dealt with properly, right? Because right. it's not an expense of the business. Right. We are not tax experts. Right. we not giving any tax advice or legal advice. Right. Read the fine print. So we are not. But the point is that if everything is fine and going along and you decide that, you know what, I want to pay personal expenses out of this business, and then you and your accountant record it and deal with it with taxes accordingly in compliance with governing law then great. But when we see it and when it falters, right, when it becomes an issue is when the company stops paying creditors. everything's fine until it's not. Until it's not, (laughs) exactly, right? And you're pulling out money and then you get used to that. You and whoever's running the business, right, is the owners, or maybe you're doing it for employees, right? And paying things like, oh, my, you know, my kid's having a birthday party. Oh, let me give your kid a gift. Let me pay for the party and, you know, pay for it out of the business. And that's all great, but when your company ceases paying operating expenses for the business, it becomes harder to pull that stuff back, right? right? People get used to that. The owners do, or individuals, as they're getting stuff from the company. And so, that's where we see it, right? right? When they come to us and we look at their books and we see all these personal expenses coming out of the business that are not for the business and creditors aren't getting paid. Right.
0: Yeah, and so I think, I mean, you're right. There's nothing improper about it, and it's, it's fairly common, and that's part of why we're talking about it today. Right. It's fairly common with small and closely held businesses. They don't have a CFO, they don't have outside accountants necessarily, other than maybe for tax time, so the, the formalities are tend to be a little bit more lax. <laughs> and that's fine, and actually the case law, you know, that case law generally treats closely held and small businesses a little bit looser for that reason. Right. But we lose sight. I think people tend to lose sight of, why'd you do this in the first place? If you want to sell hot dogs, you can go out and start selling hot dogs with a hot dog cart. You don't have to form a corporation, but you form a corporation for purposes of shielding the owners from liability. If those hot dogs turn out to be toxic and a bunch of people get sick or die. the corporate formality can shield, can shield the owner. From liability. But if you go to that trouble of forming the corporation, then, then don't honor those formalities, which is have separate books and records, record income properly, pay expenses properly, then you're defeating the purpose. So, like the whole point of this thing is for the rainy day, even though most people don't think of the rainy
1: day right. until it's raining. You know? Right. Nobody wants so, to think of that, right? When you're going right. in, everything's sunny, everything's great. We're forming this business, we're starting it, it's gonna be awesome. Right. And yes, that's true. Right. But you also need to think about the rainy day, right? And you need to think about all right. Well, we're forming this thing, like you said, Jeff. I, we're forming this thing. Why are we forming this? Thing? I think a lot like of people why, don't
0: even aren't really aware. Of, they just they just well, do it they because just, hey, well, we should form a corporation. That's kind of what you do. They right. don't really understand why they're doing right. that. And maybe so, maybe that that should be the focus here.
1: But. Well, right. I mean, you do it to, like you said, shield liability, but also to separate the individual from the company, right? And listen, there's some companies that you have the pass-through partner, you know, the S corporation pass-through so that it becomes more blended. But there's still a separation between the company and the individual for purposes of your, you know, running your life and running your business, right? right? But if you start treating that business as if it's yours and it's your personal piggy bank, right? well, then guess what? you may be on the hook for all of the liabilities of that company. You're poking holes in your own shield, essentially, is what you're
0: you're doing. And so, the advice we always give business owners, whether they're solvent or insolvent or paying their bills, is maintain that separation. Keep separate bank accounts. Don't pay personal expenses from the business. Pay yourself a salary. If you're the owner of the business and you work there full-time, you should be paid a salary. Right. I mean, too often, business owners don't pay themselves. In fact, we often see, it, typically, what we see is the business owners are putting the money in, and right. this is another problem we see. They're putting money in, and they're not doing anything to document, you know, those transactions. And then we ask them, "Well, was this a loan or an a- equity investment?" And they will shrug. They at say, us. "Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly." <laughs> or they say, well, "What do you want it to be?" And right. then we say, "Well, it doesn't really work that way." Right. But if you're making loans to the company, have this company sign a promissory note. It's not really one not page that document, difficult. A right. one-page document, as Brett said, but now you have a record of the transactions that can be
1: utilized. Treat it as a loan, right? If it's a loan, treat it as a loan. If it's an equity investment, treat it as an equity investment, right? Um, if you're not sure, ask your accountant. Ask or your, your accountant, lawyer. right? Exactly. You know, know. Have a plan. Like, how am I going to fund this? Am I going to fund it right. equity? Am I going to fund it as a loan, as debt, or equity? And the conversation may be with your accountant, may right. be with a lawyer, you know, to make those decisions when you're funding it. On the backside, I mean, I think you asked the question of why, you know, why do people do this? If they're forming the company, why do they get lax? Or why do the barriers get broken down? The formalities, you know, obviously I don't know the answer to that question, each individual, but there's like this general tendency, I think, where people believe, well, I'm just going to put it all in the business and then my accountant will deal with it later. Right. If it's a small business, right? Either family run or you have a couple of partners or a couple owners, whatever it is, just put it all in there and then the accountant will deal with it on tax time. Right. And I think there's a tendency to think that way. And if I can get the benefit of a write-off and my accountant says I can, great. And if I can't, then it'll be income to me. Right. However yeah. the accountant deals with it. But that's not going to help you in a rainy day situation with liability of the business itself or liability to you having to pay back, right, money to the business. Right. And there are also, there's a couple of
0: great nuggets in what you just said. And one is, one is that you're exposing yourself in the event of a situation insolvency or a litigation event. But also, the, the flip side, you know, the other exit to a business is a sale, so if you're building a business with the intention of selling it at yep. some point, a buyer is going to want to see the operations of the business without all the paying the personal expenses. So somebody's going to have to go through the effort to clean up those books mm-hmm. and present the business in a manner that shows it's standing alone in isolation without the commingling, if you will, of personal exposure. The other point that you mentioned that I, that I think is useful is In an insolvency situation, by paying personal expenses or gifts, if you will, from the company, you're also maybe unknowingly, a business owner may be unknowingly exposing the recipient of that transfer to liability. So just by way of example, if a business owner uses the company to you know, give an extravagant gift to an employee or a family, maybe one of their employees gets married, they write a corporate check to the new married couple, and then the company ends up in bankruptcy within four years is typically the the limitation period. Well, that couple could be exposed to a fraudulent transfer claim because the company made a transfer and did not receive value in exchange if the company was insolvent at that time. So, a lot of business owners who in the insolvency world, when we're looking at a business that has either been liquidated or the subject of some proceeding, we're going to take a look back at the four years of transactions and look for either patterns or transfers that don't look typical of that type of business. And we're going to scrutinize those when we're representing a trustee or a fiduciary in connection with a, a liquidation. And those are the targets generally. Who got money here that wasn't performing services for this business?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, school tuition, I know that's been in the news recently. And that's a big thing, too. We see it all the time, right? Companies paying directly school tuition for the owners of the business. Right. Or or employees even of the business. And ultimately, what's going to happen, like you just said, Jeff, that a fiduciary is going to come in in an insolvent situation, a fiduciary is going to come in and See that payment, that expense being paid is very clearly not a business expense and they're going to pursue recovery from that school, right? And the school in all likelihood will come back to you as the owner of the business who or whoever the beneficiary of that payment was and say, "Okay, we had to pay this back, you need to pay us now." Right. So that's going to happen. Listen, I again, I I understand where the lax sure. attitude may sure. may come yeah. in. I get it. But I think you have to, if you're forming this business or you're running a business now, you have to just sit back and think to yourself, why am I doing this? Why is it in this corporate formation, right? I don't want to expose myself. And you may think your business is running fine, and it may be, but you always have to plan for the bad day. Which is why you do this in the first place. Which is why (laughs) you set it up in the first place and you go to the trouble of setting it up, Right. right? Keep the record straight. I mean, it's, it's, Pretty, if you think about it, sitting back and thinking about it it's like okay that's that's not a sort of a complex concept, right, but I understand day to day how that sort of blur the lines start to blur and it moves into, yeah, just let the business pay for it, and the accountant'll'll we'll deal with it later we'll figure it out later yeah, okay. and the
0: the other aspect of this that we see often is. On the subject of making loans to the company is the the owners who have been funding their company repeatedly for long periods of time and maybe haven't even aggregated those payments, they mm-hmm. haven't sat down to figure out how much they've been putting in. And we certainly, as entrepreneurs, we can appreciate this. We're on the front lines. We interact with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, and we understand that. The business you build can be, it's almost like raising a child. You you build this thing, you start from scratch, you're working late at nights, and you build it into something over long periods of time, or maybe you took it over from a family member. But by continuing to fund it, you're losing sight of, you may be losing sight of, what's the purpose of this company? The purpose is to make a profit so right. that you can it can pay you, not you pay it. And we see situations where... Owners have literally exhausted their life savings trying to save their business and only, you know, and then come to us at a point where they've invested everything and they have nothing left. And not only have they lost the business, but they've lost their personal savings. And so there's the concern about putting bad money after good. And so if as a business owner or as a lawyer advising a business owner, if the business owner is continuing to make loans and
1: loans into the company, Somebody should be asking the question, why are we doing this? Or why are you doing this? So I think what you're, yeah, and we see that all the time and I agree. So to me, there's like the emotional decision versus the rational, logical decision, thinking, right? A longstanding business or, or a labor of love of yours, if you've built it up, I can't let this thing die. I got to keep right. putting money in because I can make it work. That's a, an emotional decision. Right. A logical, rational decision is, okay, I've built this thing up, I've put it in, let me sit back, let me talk to some people to come in and, and think about, like, is this still a viable business? Am I doing things right? Can I make a go of it? Do I need to f- do something different or whatever? Those are logical decisions. You may still continue to invest or put money into the company right. after that. But that's something to think about as well instead of just continuing to pour money. In. That's a right. that's a great point. I wanted to jump back to something you had said before about somebody who's building a business to sell it. Yeah. Or potentially or trying to liquidate the business and get some value out of it. If you are pulling money out in different ways, you could be devaluing the business, right? Like, number one, the profits are going to be lower. Sure. And so if you go to sell it and you show them the books and they all, oh, Profit? Like, no, 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 no. these are my personal expenses, and so right, then right. you're going to have to sit there and sort of explain that to them that yes, the the books and records are a little messed up, and there's not. But it's when not when you back out all my personal, yeah, right. Now I start talking about no, now I got to go in and explain. Let me back out the personal stuff, and yeah, you see, there's really a true profit. A lot of people who are interested in acquiring your business may look at it and go, you know what? Never mind. Too much, right? Too complicated. Yeah, I mean, any measure of any
0: purchase price that's measured on earnings, you know, an EBITDA or earnings measure is going to typically exclude insider or owner compensation because what's this business look like standalone without this owner? Right. And so, the more complicated that extraction <laughs> is, the right. more the more difficult it is, and the more you know, the less likely it is that a buyer is going to be interested in in engaging in that exercise. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If that is the objective, again, I think going back to the beginning, when you're forming this corporation, I think a lot of people put a, a lot, a fair amount of consideration into should I form one, where should I form one, how should I form it, and who are the owners, and so what form and what form right. exactly? LLC, corporation. Hopefully, when you're making that decision, you should consult good corporate counsel who's knowledgeable about and the tax and both the. Corporate implications, the legal implications, the tax and accounting implications as well. It all depends on the circumstances and the type of business. But then what's the long-term objective here? Are we looking to build this thing to sell it or to continue to grow or turn it into a franchise? Whatever it is, those considerations should be part of that analysis. And they should be part of it periodically. You know, And yeah. so as we were talking about the loan thing, it's okay to make a loan to your co- company. But if you find yourself that you're doing it repetitively or regularly, and you haven't taken any money out for five years, and all you're doing is putting in, or and this is pretty common that we see too, is because of limited resources, you're allocating resources in the manner that you know you're not paying all creditors. Yeah. You're deciding who to pay based on cash flow, and you're maybe not paying some. We've seen them where. Maybe they weren't paying sales taxes for years or payroll taxes for years because, you know, the IRS just wasn't knocking on their door. They're kind of a silent creditor, whereas the vendor is sending letters every month. And so if you find yourself in those types of situations, you should be getting advice, talking to the experts, accountants and insolvency experts and and lawyers to try to figure out, hey, should I keep digging this hole or... Stop digging, you know? These are complicated issues, and I think, you know, you said it before that you were kind of alluding to this. It's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. Like, if you're making, you know, trying to make these decisions about your business, and you're so ingrained in this thing, you created it off your own back and your own sweat and late nights, those types of decisions require an outsider's eyes often, particularly one that's got the
1: experience. Yeah, and I understand that it's hard, you know, depending on margins on some businesses are small, and... People don't want to go to the expense of outside accountant or lawyer or whatever. I I completely understand that. But to me, that's an investment in the business. Um, An investment in yourself if you're going to go to this trouble. So, like, the takeaways are, right, if you're going to go to the trouble of forming an entity, then follow the formalities. formalities. And by the way, if you are currently in a business that is not... Following the formalities. All is not lost. It's not too late. (laughs) You you go sit down and figure out are we following the formalities? And if we're not, how do we get back on track? Because you just need to do that. There's a reason why you do that from a legal perspective. From a tax perspective, from just a business perspective, decisions are just easier to make when it's, hey, that's the that's the way we run the business. It's the formality of the business itself, and that's how we have to run, and that's how we run it. Right. It's just an easy thing to do. and to say if, in fact, that's your operation. Once you start getting lax, then how far does it go? You know, how far right. do you bend?
0: That decision, that financial decision that you mentioned, it's going to get made. It's going to have to be made at some point. It just yeah. might get caught more costly yep. and at a time when options are more limited Right. later in time.
1: Right. And we all, again, we don't want to think about the rainy day, but you have to think about the rainy day when it's sunny out. Right? Right. Think about it. And think before about it's raining before <laughs> it's raining. Right? Yeah. You want to put the raincoat on before it At least starts you raining. want to have a rain, or at least have it in your hand, <laughs> so you can put it on an umbrella. Right? If you so, and you may not see the rainy day coming, but if you're prepared for it, then great. More often than
0: not, I mean, in our experience, sometimes there these are things that are outside of their control. You know, maybe right. a successful business that encounters a seasonal change, or a technological technological change, or a governmental change, or, or a competitive pandemic. change, or a pandemic. There's so many surprises that being prepared right. and maintaining the corporate separateness can be, you know, beneficial.
1: Yeah, agreed. Right. So Be
0: prepared. Be prepared. Yes. All right. Well, I think that'll be it today. Mr. Amon, what do you think?
1: I tend to agree, Mr. Bass. Nelson,
0: Nelson Rosada, anything to do you, add? Do you agree,
1: Mr. Rosada?
0: See, he doesn't have a mic, so it's a little easier to ask him.
1: Oh, God, we could lob questions at him and he, he can't answer. I love it. Have a great day. Thank you.
0: If you have any questions about this podcast or any other podcast episode that we've recorded, please check the show notes below and click the button to subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. Subscribe. For more information on this show and other resources, visit FastAmron.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram
1: at FastAmron.